For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Guys, do you hear that sound? That's the sound of power and precision. That's right. You're listening to the Lawnmower 4.0 Manscaped fourth generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. The Lawnmower 4.0 has advanced skin safe technology, which is a fancy way of saying you're not going to clip your balls off while shaving. But that's not all. Manscaped has a plethora of great products to keep your family jewels in pristine condition. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ABSOLUTEDGEN over at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here and it is Thursday. I got James and only James. What's going on, James? Yeah, I mean, Mason's literally non-existent over the past week or so. He's been very inconsistent, has he, recently? So I'm no longer the bottler, and I will take that on the chin. I'm passing on that accolade to Mason, wherever he may be, but I'm doing all well. But how about yourself, mate? You sound a little bit under the weather. Uh, It's just allergies. Just allergies here. Yeah, Um, hay fever season with me. (laughs) If you watch on YouTube, you know that I end end the intro video with uh, Mason holding up like the index finger. Lately, he's been giving us a different finger altogether there, James. (laughs) Yeah, he's been royally shouting us big time. I have no idea where he is. He's missing in action as we speak. So, yeah, he's he's probably too big for us now. I think so. I think he's uh, like, oh, I can't remember the little people. Yes, the sort of uh, fame's gotten to his head a little bit. He needs (laughs) to peg him down or two or three. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. How you been? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't complain really. I mean, I've got, what's the date today? The 13th. So I've got eight days until I'm finished university completely, which is good. But on the, the other side, the flip side, I've got so many deadlines due. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a touch and go with that one. But we, we'll go again. We'll move. Eight days, 16 deadlines. You can get it done. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> well, you're going to be a journalist someday, so you got to work under deadline pressure. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, throughout the three years I've been at uni, I've literally been lastminute.com and with these final deadlines, I have been, I've been uh, one step ahead of the game, so I can't really complain. Gotcha. Well, cool, man. So we're here to talk about UFC, you know. We are. I'm looking at this card. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure it's worth a number behind it. What do you think? Um, and When you look at the main card, I mean... We were obviously supposed to get Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards as the co-main, which would obviously have been the first co-main, co-main non-title fight that was going to be for the full five rounds. Mm-hmm. History in the making right there, and obviously we're all looking forward to it. Diaz unfortunately pulled out, so it's now rescheduled for 2-6-3. And another banger on the main card between Edmund Shabazian versus, oh, at the top of my head, Edmund Shabazian. Gosh, I can't even remember because... It was this week they pulled out. Um, oh, Jack Hermanson. That was a, a good fight on its own right, but the bout's been rescheduled due to COVID. And I mean, when you're looking at the card now, I mean, after the, the two losses of those fights, 
it's it's probably your standard pay per view card. I mean, there are some low key bangers on there. I'm very much looking forward to it, but it's your standard pay per view card, in my opinion, with just a couple of with a you know with a sprinkle of uh, bangers here and there. But yeah, I mean, what excites me is that we'll get a new lightweight champion come Sunday morning. So I, you know, you can't really complain at the end of the day. Okay. The big question: Are you going to stay mm. up and watch the whole thing? The whole thing, the whole from thing, prelims to main card. Well, are you going to stay up and watch the main card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stay up to watch okay. the main card. Obviously, I might set an alarm, <laughs> call me a casual, <laughs> but I'm sorry with all these late deadlines and early starts. I got to get a few hours kipping before the UFC starts. And you've got to get your drinking in. We can't forget that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean. You look at the main card before um, Tony Ferguson fights. You've got Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Alponso and Chukagan versus Vivian. So I might have to get a few bevies down me before I can sort of <laughs> allow myself to watch that with uh, peak interest. There you go. All right. <laughs> so let's do it, man. Where are we starting? Let's go. Um, yeah, we've got obviously got the main event between Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. This fight I'm thoroughly looking forward to because... Khabib Nurmagomedov retired after his win over Justin Gaethje. Many thought, you know, he might return, providing there was, there was a right fight for him. But I don't think that's the case. You know, he's officially retired now. And I don't think either Charles or Michael will sort of appease the appetite of Khabib Nurmagomedov to sort of get him off the couch and back in the gym again. So we've got a new champion on our hands on Sunday between two absolute killers. And I know <clears throat> so many people are complaining as to why Michael Chandler got the title shot, because he made his debut back in January at 257 against uh, Dan Hooker, and he immediately got the title shot. And many people were surprised, but when you look at it on paper, obviously Dustin Poirier was offered the first fight, was the first fight to first fighter to get offered the title shot. I presume it would have been against Charles Oliveira, but Dustin chose the trilogy fight with Conor McGregor, and I can't really complain. I can't really, I don't really blame. Dustin Poirier have taken it. It's a big money payday. He's been working his whole career for a fight like that. And he knocked him out inside the second round and said, you know what, go go for the trilogy and yourself another big payday. So Justin Gaethje obviously fought for the title recently against Khabib. And you look at three and four, those slots, that's obviously filled by Charles Oliveira versus Mark Chandler. So it makes sense. And when you break it down, obviously Charles Oliveira, he's on an eight-fight win streak. He's coming off of that. Uh, tasty decision win over Tony Ferguson and he's just been on an absolute tear recently and he seems to have that sort of real drive to become a champion and ever since he moved up from 145 obviously there were some doubts in uh, fans mind as to whether or not he could sort of cope with the the big boys at 155 but you know the win over Tony Ferguson proved that he does deserve his spot amongst the best at 155 and I'm I'm thoroughly looking for. I'm a big fan of Charles Oliveira. In my personal opinion, I think he's one of the better grapplers in the sport who has a, a high takedown percentage and such an impressive submission game to where nobody wants to fight him on the canvas. I mean, as soon as Charles Oliveira gets the fight to the floor, you know, you're, you're pretty much done. I think he's got one of the, I think he's got the highest amount of submission wins in the UFC history. I believe he's got 19 at the top of my head. And seven of those wins come in via his infamous rear naked choke. So if the fight goes to the floor this weekend, I really will. You've got to feel for Michael Chandler. And while Oliveira is known for his, you know, scrappy ga- uh, ground game, he's also proven that he can hold his own on the feet. 
as well. You know, he moves very quickly and times those leg kicks to perfection. And he tends to sort of get in and out with those combinations. So since moving up, he's quickly become a balanced fighter who finishes fights on his terms and almost... It's just so exciting, you know, wherever the fight goes, Charles Oliver is just one of those fighters. And you've got Michael Chandler on the opposite side of the cage. He's 22 and 5. He's coming off of that win over Dan Hooker. And uh, that surprised me. I thought Michael Chandler was going to take it, <clears throat> but not in the way he did. I mean, he just came out guns blazing. He had that sheer confidence right from the first bell and managed to put Dan Hooker away in the first round. And you look at Dan Hooker, I mean, before the fight with Chandler, he went five rounds with Dustin Poirier and he didn't get knocked down once, didn't get knocked out. And with Michael Chandler coming in his size, to manage to, to clip him and put him away inside two minutes or the first round was just crazy. It just shows how powerful Michael Chandler is. And I know he's 35 and many are questioning him as to whether or not he can sort of still perform at the best and how can he fare against the other contenders at 155. But he proved on his debut that he can sort of stand there with anybody. He's got a strong wrestling background and does some of his best work on the canvas. But again, you look at the fight with Dan Hooker, he showed that he's improved and sort of progressed his striking. He's got a very vicious uh, ground and pound that has become more comfortable, or oh, sorry, and has become more comfortable standing up. And just the way he walked down Hooker, you know, just shows that he moved well on his feet before landing that strong overhand. And it's just impressive. And he's got that, champion mentality Michael Chandler I'm, I'm a big fan of his and I think he thoroughly deserves all the plaudits because of his how his debut went and I know many people are going to underestimate and overlook Michael Chandler in this fight because you look at Charles Oliveira he's a dominant fighter wherever the fight goes so technically on paper Charles Oliveira should be the favourite and is the favourite because he's proven himself time and time again he hasn't lost in a while I think his last defeat was at UFC 218 the way back when so Chandler's got to be very careful in this fight because Charles Oliveira is a nightmare on the canvas and he's getting more comfortable with his stand-up. With that being said, Chandler has the wrestling background to hold his own if the fight does go to the ground, but he doesn't want to give up his bat too easily. And It's fair to say, in my opinion, I think Chandler's the more polished stand-up striker with legit knockout power. Mm-hmm. So you can make a case for either side here, but I'm, I'm going to go for Michael Chandler in this one. I genuinely oh. think he can get it done by a second-round TKO. Shocked! I'm I'm blown away. I did not think really? I, I did not think you were going that way. You're bobbing and weaving, yeah, man. You're bobbing and weaving. Yeah, I've been so conflicted the whole week. You know, yeah. one day I was Charles Oliveira, but I said in my preview with Mason a couple of days ago, Michael Chandler for the win, for the upset, and I'm going to stick to Michael Chandler. I'm going to stick to my prediction, but I can see him getting it done. In all honesty. I love it. I was already gearing up to be on opposite sides with you. I think Chandler is the play. Absolutely. Yeah. Catching that plus line right there. A nice little payout. Plus 117 or thereabouts. Yeah, let's do it. You and I are going to jump off the cliff together with Michael Chandler. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Michael Chandler stands now we'll support him until he dies <laughs> i was looking how, i was already looking how to split up a charles olivier submission win versus a michael chandler win because <laughs> I, I really thought that's how you were going to go really no yeah. i was i was tempted to about a week ago if you asked me a week or two ago i would have said charles Oliveira hands down but i just like 
everything that Michael Chandler is about. I just like his aura and his vibe and he's a very talented striker and a talented wrestler. He's got all the credentials to be a fantastic champion. Nice. All right. What else you got on tap? <laughs> uh, next up, I've got Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. And this is an absolute banger on its own. Right? I cannot wait to see this fight. And Tony Ferguson, I will support Tony Ferguson until the day he retires. I mean, you look at his last two fights against Justin Gaethje and um, Charles Oliveira back in December. It was sort of a shadow of his former self. I mean, you look at him on his 12-fight win streak. I mean, what a sensational run that was. And to not get a title shot within that time frame when he got those 12 wins was heartbreaking. I know he had those sort of showdowns with Khabib and then both fighters pulled, pulled out eventually, which was a shame we didn't get to see that fight. And now it it looks like we may never see Tony Ferguson fight for a world title again, which is really is a shame because he's like 37, 38 He's coming towards the end of his career. And like I said, he's coming off of that defeat to Charles Oliveira, where he landed just 26 total strikes and 86 in total from Charles Oliveira. That's literally unheard of for Tony Ferguson. And he's now lost back-to-back fights for the first time in his career. And he's going to hope to avoid the three straight losses. And when you break it down, you look at Tony Ferguson, he's simply a savage inside the octagon with his high work rate and ridiculous cardio that sort of allows him to sort of push the same pace each round and keep going. He has that reputation for beating up fighters and leaving them in a, in a state. So I think Darius has got to be ready for war. And like I said, he's coming off those two losses. So there is going to be a concern here. And while whilst Tony striking, uh, Tony Ferguson striking is elite level, he's also got a tough, he's also very tough to take down. And I know Darius is very versatile in his approach. He has a deep background in wrestling and as a black belt on BJJ that sort of allows him to hold his own on the canvas. So if Ferguson does play around on the canvas, he's more than capable of holding his own. So he's very comfortable wherever the fight goes. And I've seen pictures of him training with uh, Freddie Roach recently, the, obviously the infamous boxing coach of Manny Pacquiao. And many people have sort of criticised that in a way. But you look at Tony Ferguson, he's got those powerful strikes and can change position very quickly. But I think he's got to be more cautious cautious in his approach when it comes to the striking exchanges. I'm sure Freddie Roach has worked on that perfectly. And you look at uh, Benil Dariush on the other side. I mean, I think he's on a six-fight win streak and he's been very impressive. He's coming off of that win over Diego Ferreira and he's been pushing for that top five contender ever since, you know, way back when over his fights with Jokar Close and now he finally gets that shot. And I'm looking forward to see Benil Dariush this weekend. As I said, he's a black belt in BJJ and Muay Thai. So uh, as I said, like Ferguson, he's comfortable wherever the fight goes. He's got a nasty submission game and has only lost once on the canvas. He's got an impressive gas tank, so he's literally able to hold his own from start to finish. His stand-up is sensational. He uses his legs very well, but that can leave himself open on the feet, so I'm sure Tony Ferguson will look to counter that. And when you break it down, I think Darius should be the favourite here because Tony Ferguson, he's 38. He's coming towards the end of his career and he's on a two-fight losing streak. But as I said earlier, I've just got to back Tony Ferguson. I love the bloke through and through. He's such a sensational fighter to watch. I think what this one will go the distance. I'm probably going to lean towards Tony Ferguson for a decision on this one. Mm, okay, gotcha. And yeah, it's not really going to help Ferguson's hopes for a title shot when he gets smoked this Saturday, is it? <laughs> Oh, no, it really isn't. I think even at that time, if he does get absolutely 
torn a new one from um, Benil Dariush. I think he's got called it quits, in all fairness. I don't, as much as I love him. I don't think he's going to get smoked. I really don't think he's going to get mm. his, just ripped into it, but I don't think he's going to win the fight. Mm. Uh, Benil is minus 175. Ferguson's plus 150. So Benil's a, a bit of a favorite here. Yeah, uh, I might say. I'm showing the. It looks to me like Benil is going to win. Like he's going to win. He could even cover the minus one seventy five. I wouldn't be upset if you bet at money line, but I will. I'll, I'll go Benil by decision. Yeah, that, that that is a smart play as well. You know, when you go to the judges' scorecards, anything and I mean anything can happen, <laughs> <laughs> as we found out in recent times. Oh, you said I can't talk about last week, so. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah, I said that in the chat specifically and exclusively. <laughs> I do not want to talk. You know, we had a bad night at the office, so we'll let that one roll. You know, there's so many fights cancelled and all that yeah. jazz, so we'll put that to bed. Yeah, you had a bad one, not me. But that's it. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> if I speak, I'm in big trouble. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, what else you got? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, next up, I've got Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza. And as we talked about earlier, the fights between Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira and Tony versus Benil Dariush, those fights obviously stand out. But this is a, an underrated low-key banger. I think this has all the ingredients to be potentially one of the fights of the year, let alone fight of the night between Shane Burgos and Edson Barboza. <clears throat> and... When you look at Shane Burgos, he's just so he's he's a pressure fighter through and through. He tends to stalk his opponents relentlessly, stick into those long jabs while waiting for a reaction, and then he can sort of counter with his own punches. And I'm a big fan of Shane Burgos. So like, come fight night, he's such an exciting fighter to watch, and he'll tend to wait for his opponent to slip so he can come in with that overhand. And a huge element of Burgos's offense is probably his. Body shots, really. Again, this is a, a tremendous matchup on paper. I, I honestly cannot wait to see this fight. When you look at Barboza, he will circle with those hooks and those overhands. And Shane Burgos is probably likely to return in some styles. So these two fighters are hard to put away. And when you look at Edson Barboza, you know, he's been around the game for a long, 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 long time. I think the key to victory, victory on this one is it's probably his leg kicks. I mean, the traditional trademark Edson Barboza head kick knockouts. He's probably one of the most, probably perhaps the most uh, effective kicker in the UFC history at range. He's literally simply lightning fast and it doesn't take many kicks to start breaking his opponents down. And one of the benefits of uh, Barboza's move down to 145 just seems to be his improved punching power. We've seen 
those in the recent fights, you know, with Danny again, I know that didn't go his way, but you look at Macquan Armacani, we've just seen some improvement in his power and I'm thoroughly looking forward to it because when Barboza turns up and he's on his A game, you know, you're going to get put away. And I think it it does take a lot to put Burgos away. So I think with Barboza, I think he's got to focus on circling back to the centre and trying to use those leg kicks and implement that right from the first bell and try and get it to a decision. But if he chops it away with those body kicks and those leg kicks, he could potentially get the late finish. So there is a, a potential for Barboza to get the finish. And Burgos is tough to put away, man. So with that being said, I'm probably going to lean towards Barboza by decision. Decision. Man, mm. you're taking some underdogs today, aren't you? Mm. Uh, where is that one? Edison Barbosa. Well, of course I lost it. There's Barbosa's plus 120 <laughs> right now, and uh, Burgos is minus 138. So yeah, you're, you're throwing a little money on another underdog here. Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm definitely leaning that way. I, I like it. I like that play. Decision win here is going to pay pay pretty well. So I might end up following you. I got I to gotta, I gotta think about this a little bit harder. What else you got? Uh, I think the final fight I've got is uh, Lando Venata versus Mike Grundy. Uh, Lando is obviously dropping down from 155 to 145 against Mike Grundy, Britain's own. With Mike Grundy, traditionally, he's probably uh, on paper a highly decorated wrestler. But you saw in his octagon debut in the UFC, whereby he stopped Nad uh, Narmani in the second round with his hands. So he's improved that aspect recently. But again, his bread and butter is his wrestling and dropping down from one to 145, Venata, sort of, I think he might be overlooking the 145 pound division personally. You know, he's been in those sort of wars with Jokar Close and Mark Diakasi, but then dropping down to 145 to avoid, uh, to avoid those battles will probably be a mistake for him. I just, I, I'm not sure how he's going to fare at this new weight. And he tends to be a bit sluggish at times defensively. Uh, Lando Venata and I think his shoddy cardio will still keep him well out of contention so I think on paper when you look at Mike Grundy he's a good enough wrestler to to sort of score Lando Venata on the mat anyway and I just for the fight with Venata I think he's got to stuff the majority of uh, Grundy's takedowns or pretty much spark him out before Grundy can get the ball ro- uh, get the ball rolling and I just don't see any of them happening particularly. I just think Mike Grundy will control the proceedings on the mat and get top control from start to finish, really, and what will probably be a one-sided decision. So I'm going to go for Mike Grundy via unanimous decision. I can't see Lando Venata getting the victory on this weekend. I kind of agree with you here. Uh, it's pretty close, though. I mean, Lando's plus 108. Mm-hmm. Mike Grundy is minus 124. So I mean, you are taking the chalk, but it's not very, not very chalky at all. Let's see here. Uh, mm, mm, mm. I'm leaning that way. I'm going to lean with you. I can't, I can't bet this one. I just, bet it now. Yeah. I, this looks to be a hell of a fight, though. Right. Well, from my sort of pers- yeah. uh, perspective, I think it's going to be a one-sided affair. You know, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the fight of the night will, without a shadow of a doubt, be Burgos versus Barbosa, but. I don't know. I'm. I could be wrong. You know, Venata versus Grundy could be fight in the night. But I, I'm, I, I'm I looking at the it. Vegas lines, and it looks to me like yeah. they have it pretty close. So maybe mm. you've got the edge. Maybe you you know what's up for real. All right. I got. I'd a like couple, to think I do. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple fights to look at. Matt Schnell. Mm. Matt Schnell mm. versus Rogerio. 
Sorry? Yep. Rosario? Okay. Uh, you know, Schnell's minus 156. Let's see. Yeah, minus 156 in that range. Yeah. I think he's going to win it. I think he's going to take care of business here, Schnell is. So I want a piece of him. The minus 156 doesn't look to be too too big of an ask, but if you put a gun to my head, I will say decision win. No, I'm in agreement with you here. Um, Matt Schnell would definitely have the height and the reach advantage over Rogerio Bontorin, and Bontorin's coming off those defeats to Kaikara France about a couple of months ago, and then before that, unanimous decision victory uh defeat sorry to ray borg so he's not in the best of runs right now Rogerio, and i don't know with the fight against kaikara i just i'm struggling to sort of bet and lean towards in favor of Rogerio brunterin so i'm probably gonna go i'm gonna I'm, i say lean i'm probably gonna bet match now via decision in this oh, you, one as well all right you agree with me yeah yeah that's gonna, that's gonna go a lot better for you <laughs> <laughs> i hope so after last week I need to stop bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One last fight I did want to look mm. at is Andrea Lee versus Antonio Shoshenko. Um, I, I think you're probably going to be on the opposite side of with me. I like Andrea Lee here with the plus line. She's plus 109. Mm. You know, thereabouts. Yeah. So I think there's enough value there in taking the shot. So I'm going to go Andrea. The money line's fine, but I'll back it up with a, a decision. <sighs> It, it, it really is a tough one. I mean, I know off air I was screaming Antonina's praises on this one, but you look at Andrea Lee's last couple of performances against Roxanne Madaferi, Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood. The defeats to Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood via, were via a split decision. And you look at the pair right now, I think Lauren and Joanne are even fighting each other soon for sort of to try and contend for that flyweight belt. So you, you can't really rule off Andrea Lee just yet. I mean, those two defeats were were harsh considering the opponent she fought. So I, I'm, I'm literally not sure on this one. When you look at Andrea Lee and Shevchenko, she tends to sort of struggle against those, those grapplers. So I think if Andrea Lee can get the fight to the floor, then I think she'll probably get the the one-sided decision because I'm sure she's just going to be relentless in those takedowns from from top to bottom because Shevchenko's bottom game is literally non-existent. And I think that's going to be a big weakness for her going into this one and Lee will look to exploit that. But on the feet, it might be fairly even, but I'm probably going to lean towards Shevchenko on the feet. So if Lee can get the fight to the floor and control proceedings for the 4-15, she's probably going to get it. But... I said off air I'm going to back Shevchenko, so I'm still probably going to back Shevchenko on this one, even though there is a, a path to victory for Andrea on this one. All right. Give me so decision. Yeah, decision. You going to bet it? Uh, I'm going to lean it. Oh. <laughs> I'm not that confident. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was already counting my money if you were betting that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. That's all I've got. That's all you got. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah, we still got, so we got some value here, don't you think? Mm. Yeah, there, there's certainly this could have all the ingredients to be a big underdog weekend, in my opinion. You know, the underdogs could come up clutch with this one and pull off many surprise victories, potentially starting in your favour with Andrea against Shevchenko, all the way up to the main event between Charles Oliver versus Michael Chandler. So hopefully we have a good night in store for us. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right, Sports Sesh, that's where you're at. Your Twitter, MM, uh, your UFC Deluxe, and Evans James 
99. There it is. Yeah, correct. There you go. Good fucking I'll God. Up. <laughs> I actually memorized your stupid fucking Twitter handles. <laughs> yeah, God damn you. I'm a, I'm a big boy, Count. Get, get out of here. Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.